You're listening to Nick's Next and KFKA, hosted by Nick Kenny. Nick is the CEO of the Greeley Philharmonic Orchestra and the 2019 Greeley Chamber Ambassador of the Year. Nick's Next also touches on local and global issues through Nick's perspective, offering unique insights into the world's happenings. Prepare to learn something new in this thought-provoking and entertaining show. Hello, listeners. You're listening to Nick's Snacks on 103.1 and 1310 KFKA, Northern Colorado's voice here in the Allo Communications studios in downtown Greeley. Whether you're listening live or you're listening on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, or uh, or 1310kfka.com. Um, really appreciate you tuning in tonight or this morning, wherever you're taking a listen. Um, I've got Brady Sassy in studio, whose mom, Beth Sassy, was in a few months ago for one of our of our, our nerd shows, right? Our, yes. our nerd programs. This is very true. They are a very, uh, and I mean this in the nicest way, a very nerdy family very that is so. passionate about their nerddom and their fandom. Um, and as a, as a trivia master over at 477 Distilling, they are there for just about every nerdy trivia you can imagine. Yep. And you all do pretty well, too. Let me just look up some some past trivia statistics sheets to see. Oh, gosh, it's going to take too long to see. Uh, how I many of you won this year, though? I don't know how many we've won, but last time you announced it, my mom and I were third, tied for third. Oh, now you've dropped to fourth, tied for oh. fourth. Uh, Scott Magerflesh, the co-host of the Nerd Show that aired just before Nick Snacks, um, has jumped that third. He's been doing pretty good at amassing uh, amassing those teams coming together. Let's see. I've, I've got the spreadsheet up because we're doing a year-long trivia competition. Every night that we have trivia, you still have those individual prizes, competing for a $40 bar tab, a bottle of, of uh, 477 distilling product. Um, but, uh, you know, there's a year-long competition to earn you either free drinks for a year, free bottles for a year, uh, and even a trophy down the road. But yeah, no, you've done... Had a couple second places there. Uh, third place. Oh, wait. Star Wars. Looks like you won Star Wars. Yes. That which sounds about right. <laughs> was ideal because Scott, um, you know, is just a whiz when it comes to Star Wars. Uh, but he had missed the first half of trivia that night, so I think that put an advantage. Works out well, eh? But that, I will say, was a really hard trivia because I was writing that more for Scott, um, <laughs> knowing how much he'd do well. So I think, you know, moving forward, if we do Star Wars era again and Scott happens to be there, just, uh, you know what, you get half the amount of points um, <laughs> for what he can bring to the table because it's just it's hard to stump him. He knows so much about Star Wars. But anyway, how how do you enjoy trivia nights? Is it a good family moment? Do you all... What's what's that look like for you? I enjoy going to trivia. It's really fun. Uh, trivia is something my family does all the time. Uh, at my school, we're getting ready to start up Knowledge Bowl for the year. And previously, I've been on the A team for that. I have to try out again every year, so we'll see. The A team. So what is that? You go to competitions? and Yeah, we travel around mm, Wild County and a little farther than that and compete at different schools. It's very similar to Jeopardy, but it's on teams rather than individual. Wow. All right. I like that. Um, Jeopardy's challenging, though. Do you have the buzzer system, too? Is mm-hmm. is it all... I know a little bit about Jeopardy. I love it. People ask, you know, since I host trivia, wow, Nick, you should be on Jeopardy. You know so much. I go, I really don't. I have the answers to a lot of things. I create um, a lot of that content and the questions. 
But anytime I'm watching Jeopardy, unless I know, you know, it's a very specific round, like the Battle of Gettysburg or, I don't know, World War II aircraft or Star Wars, I mean, there's so many categories out there that I have no idea what, what, what they're about. Um, I enjoy, you know, the, the, the Jeopardy and the strategy because it really is a strategy. But from what I've read about um, um, contestants is it's all timing with when they press the buzzer. If you go too early or you press too fast, um, there's a little bit of a delay and it causes the timing. So a lot of those folks who are answering and answering and answering, if you look closely at their hands, do the most minimal minimal movement, um, and it's timed perfectly with, well, you know, who used to be the, the host, Alex Trebek, um, you know, of just right when you finish to get that timing down, because that's really what it is. I think most of them know the answers to a lot of those questions. It's just a matter of, are you lucky enough and have that pacing? Mm-hmm. So is, is that a lot of the same strategies for what you're, you're dealing uh, with? No. So knowledgeable, it's very different strategies, actually. Knowledgeable, most of the people doing it don't know the answers, but it's all educated guesses. We know enough and we're good enough at guessing that Nine times out of ten, nine times out of ten, the answers are complete guesses when they're correct or when they're wrong. Huh? That's a fun statistic. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, uh, how long have you been? What, what is this called again? It's called Knowledge Bowl. Knowledge Bowl, and you got to like know. Is it a kind of broad for categories? Yeah, it's very broad. I'd say it's a lot of history, um, a lot of geography, and then some science and math. And every once in a while, you'll get pop culture. All right. You know, I, I don't know. That'd be fun to participate in or be a fly on the wall. Or, you know, I'd have more fun uh, hosting the questions. Let's be real. I, yeah. I like to, to be on that seat. Um, despite the amount of time I be, I'm heckled, which is always entertaining when the audience <laughs> choose to attack the trivia master. Um, but, oh, you know, most of the time it's all just been in good fun. I think I've only had one bad trivia experience as a host in over two and a half years of doing so. Three oh. years? Um, maybe even more than that. I think I started in February of 2019, so it's it's been a it's been a minute. Um, but yeah, only one bad experience. Oh, I uh, yeah, I don't care. I'll share this on on the uh, and I brought Brady in for a reason. Brady was fortunate enough this summer to uh, to attend a youth leadership camp. Um, um, Future Business Leaders of America National Conference in Chicago. There we go. Yeah, not just a future leader, a business leadership camp. Yeah. Um, so we're going to learn more about that and his experiences um, as a young future business leader of America later on in the show tonight. Um, but, you know, we're just kind of the, the gift of gap at this moment. <laughs> it was my first Stranger Things trivia. And I think I did that one on a Sunday afternoon. I think I know what you're going to say. I think I remember this. <laughs> I think you all were there, too. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was, I was hosting Stranger Things. I think season two had just come out. Maybe even season three. I can't quite remember. But it was still pretty fresh in people's minds, but not a strong turnout. And it was a Sunday afternoon to see if we could have, you know, a pretty good Sunday after the football season was over. It turns out not the best time to have a trivia at the distillery as people are, you know, getting ready for the week. Um, but since there are only, I think, maybe three three or four teams that were participating that day, um, I go, you know what? Let me try something different. I have my trivia routine. My, my you know, you get five rounds, ten questions apiece at the time. Now I do six rounds, eight questions apiece. Um, but I was like, you know, there's such few people here. Let's try, let's try a Jeopardy style. Not necessarily you can buzz in or answer first. 
But you can wager all the points you've earned for the final tiebreaker question mm-hmm. um, and take that risk to see if you would uh, you know, really triumph or not. Well, this team was winning the entire day. They were doing very, a very good job. And I thought, and, and, you know, my version of this history it could be different than, than, than what really happened. But I thought I was pretty clear with how the trivia was going to work about the wagering and such. So when it came down to it, um, at the end, they, they wagered and they ended up losing. And boy, they were grumpy with me. Mm-hmm. They uh, they sent their family, uh, the kids up. The the mom was fairly vocal, not necessarily to me, but she uh, messaged Matt, the distillery owner, almost immediately. And I give gave him a warning, like, "Hey, I think there's people who aren't really happy with how trivia went today." So just a heads up. Um, well, so all the kids come up. I think she had four kids, and uh, you know, first one stops up, uh, you know, drops her pencils or pens off, and says, "You know, that was ruined trivia. It wasn't fun." Um, that was lame. We should have won. Blah blah blah. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Well, then the the teenage daughter comes up and looks up and says, "I had a lot of fun today. Thank you." I was like, oh, well, they can be grumpy. And uh, the mom, they she stormed off. So she got in touch with Matt and was demanding, "Oh, this trivia master is the worst. I can't believe he did that." Because they wagered everything and ended up losing. They were kind of mean to me the entire day too. And that satisfaction that kind of came, that like shot in Freud, was like, wow. Karma kind of hit swiftly. I don't even know what the tiebreaker question is. I probably could bring it up on my database. Um, we were the team that beat them. Oh, gosh. That they so, were mad about. <laughs> so way to go, Brady. You and your family uh, put me in some hot water. Well, they, they messaged Matt, and they were just so angry. And then she was demanding Matt make all these, you know, well, we demand to be a part of the next two bottling parties, and we demand, um, you know, free drinks next time we're in. It's like, well... That's not really how it works. For me in trivia, I like the competition. I like having a lot of teams there. Um, but mostly I want it to be a good experience for fans of that TV show or that yeah. movie um, to just kind of recreate some of the best moments and to, to test their knowledge. And um, sometimes they're, they're really simple questions. Other times they can be really difficult, and that can be a little bit frustrating. But I'm hoping, you know, from my perspective, to create a really fun, enthusiastic atmosphere that everyone can walk away and have some fun with. Um, but, uh, you know, you also have some of that competitive side, too. And um, I think they've been going pretty well. I don't know. You've been to more than just about anyone other than Eric Swader, I think, Brady. We always have fun. It's always a good experience. And it's always more fun when you win, you know, and get a a little prize, too. Um, But, yeah, just for me with with trivia, and I'm a very competitive person, which is why I don't do well in trivia. Um, To just think back when I'm writing the questions or looking up questions to to ask, oh, gosh, I remember that scene. That's fun. Oh, gosh, do you remember this? Oh, who said that? Who these quotes? Mm And um, it's always a lot of fun to be able to create those and put those together. That's how it was when I went to the office trivia uh, I it was me and my mom on a team, but she's never seen it, so I was basically all on my own, and I got third place all on my own, and it was just so much fun being like, oh yeah, I remember that. That was so much fun. <laughs> yeah, it looks like. And then the week after, you almost won Princess Bride. As I look at my spreadsheet, yeah. <laughs> y'all, that was a really tough round that night. I was surprised at how popular that one was. Uh, but also how well people remembered that. I think mm-hmm. those cult films that came out in the 90s, came out in the 80s, early 2000s, that people really have fallen in love with and have seen forwards and backwards uh, makes a big difference. But it's yeah. it's been a blast, and y'all did well that night. And you even gave me a copy of all the notes that you took <laughs> that night. So it was competitive, and it was fun. Um, but do love Princess Bride. That was uh, one of my favorite trivias we've hosted this year. It's great. Well, stay tuned for more Nick Snacks. We'll be back after this break. We'll be back in a moment.
Welcome back to Nick Snacks on 103.1 and 1310 KFKA, Northern Colorado's voice. Brought to you by 477 Distilling, where I host trivia. You'll see Brady and his mom and family there. Are you all going to be there for, uh, what's next, Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Uh, no, we don't know that one yet. No? Oh, my gosh. It, uh, it's kind of an underdog story as far as like uh, the popularity. If you're comparing The Office or Parks and Recreation or Friends or How I Met Your Mother, you know, some of those big cult, uh, I don't want to say cult classics, but just classic TV shows. Um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine was that unsuspecting uh, shocker of, wow, this is really funny. Some of the best zingers and one-liners that I've ever seen in a TV show. I think even more laugh-out-loud moments than I've had in even The Office and in Parks and Rec. There's a lot of good laughing moments and stuff, but like as far as like really, truly belly laughing or laughing out loud... Um, yeah, it's it's a great show. Highly recommended um, for those who haven't seen it. But Brooklyn Nine Nine is is top notch. What do we have for the rest of the year? Let me just go through that lineup because because Brady here are just shooting um, back and forth. All right, we got Brooklyn Nine Nine, then Harry Potter, first we'll of September, uh, first <laughs> of September. Well, September sixth, Spaceballs in uh, on on September twenty third. That'll be fun. That's mm. I'm surprised I haven't done that one yet. Um, the X-Files on October 11th. We haven't done that one either, and that's just a, a great series. Friday the 13th on October 18th. I don't know what that is about. I wrote all these down. I think that might just be a culmination of like horror films. Hocus Pocus on October 25th. That will also include the new film because that comes out, I think, in late September. The um, I thought it was a remake, but it's actually a sequel of the original Hocus Pocus. Hmm. Gosh, great movie. Uh, Community in uh, November. That's another one that had so much potential, but they couldn't retain the cast, like Donald Glover um, and uh, you know some of the other ones that, that were key players and key figures in that series. And then Chevy Chase, of course, was in that. But boy, uh, talk about a fall from from fame, you know, and glory mm-hmm. from from the Christmas vacation days to to all his um, Saturday Night Live stuff to being just a not very good human being. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll still watch Christmas Vacation every year because it makes me laugh. We've got Lord of the Rings uh, in the middle of November. We've got Nightmare Before Christmas the last week in November. Elf early in December, and then we end the season with Home Alone, one of my all time favorite movies. So, gosh, it's been a crazy year. Um, of just a lot of different trivia topics and been having a lot of fun. Are you suggesting that Nightmare Before Christmas is a Christmas movie by putting it in November? Uh, you know, I put it in November, so it's in between Halloween <laughs> and Christmas. So those who are passionate about both sides, um, I guess we'll have uh, have both of them uh, uh, you know, right smack dab in the middle. This is a good strategy. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, just as a key, live life and try to ruffle as few feathers as possible. When you know yeah. you're going to ruffle feathers, hopefully you're doing it for the right reasons. <laughs> Uh, Mike, have you seen Nightmare Before Christmas? Of course. What do you think? Is that a Halloween or a Christmas movie? It's whatever you want it to be. Mike, you usually have an opinion about everything, and that was so, like, PC, I'm a little shocked. No, it it can be both. It's a year-round movie. It is. It is, absolutely. 
Well, we're here with uh, Brady Sassy, um, who's a, a high school student at Valley uh, High School in Platte Valley? Gilcrest. Gilcrest! Man, I don't know why I was thinking Platte Valley. What's in Platte Valley? Platte Valley That's High School. That's another school. Oh, well, that makes more sense. Yeah. So you're just Valley, though. We get we get mixed up a lot. I'm sure Platte Valley gets Valley a lot as well. You know, that was that was on me. I was uh, one just now who, who made that. Um, even though I've been to Bill Christ, uh, Gilcrest... Um, <laughs> To uh, to host a trivia night for the music yeah, program. You came. Gosh, that was a lot of fun. That was again one of the biggest heckle nights. Follow <laughs> students versus teachers and parents. Uh, yeah. However, they formed their teams. That was a, a pretty intense trivia that night. That was that fun, was though. fun. It was uh, it was good. How'd you guys do that? Oh, you weren't playing, right? I weren't. I wasn't playing. I helped set up the soda tasting round. That took oh, up most yes. of the time. <laughs> that was that was an intense round. We did. Uh, Mike, I wonder how you do with all the different flavors of soda. Granted, if it weren't Mountain Dew, would you be able to identify a, a Coke or a Pepsi? A uh, Coke versus Pepsi, I could probably do that. The tastes are different enough, and so is the fizziness. There's a different fizz between the two. Who's got this more fizz, true. Pepsi or Coke? I feel like Pepsi is smoother. Coke has more fizz. Coke has more fizz. Pepsi has a drier taste. Hmm. Now Pepsi is also sweeter, and not as good. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like they're very similar. I, always, I I'd be able to tell the difference. Have you heard about the study where um, when people are given Coke and Pepsi in unlabeled containers, most people will beforehand say that Coke is their favorite out of the two, but afterwards they will choose Pepsi in the blind taste test. That was sponsored by Pepsi, right? I don't know. Interesting. Brought to you by Pepsi. <laughs> the study but brought can, to you by... I, there's on YouTube somewhere, I think you can find it on 1310kfk.com, uh, there's a video of me doing a taste test of like Mountain Dew, like different like versions of Mountain Dew um, for the Nerd Show, and I guessed which one was Mountain Dew because, you know, it's not that hard. Yeah. M- Mountain Dew is... Well, I think a pretty distinguishable taste. I would probably be able to tell the difference between Mellow Yellow and Mountain Dew. Well, because one tastes yeah. like urine and the other tastes like Mountain Dew. Well, <laughs> it's been a long time since I had Mellow Yellow, so I cannot confirm or deny that uh, Mellow Yellow has the has similar um, taste qualities as, as, as urine. <laughs> Just take my word for it. It's, it's not Mountain Dew. It's, you know, so th- well, does that mean true. anything you drink that's not Mountain Dew tastes like urine? No, I'm just offended that, you know, people like Mellow Yellow. Ah. Ah. It's so gross. How many people have you come across, Micah, though, that have boldly stated that they like Mellow Yellow over Mountain Dew? Not a lot of people. That's probably good. And if you are one of those people, I would avoid Micah, not at all costs, just at most costs. And if you do happen to bump into him... Don't wear any Mellow Yellow memorabilia <laughs> or to even mention Mellow Yellow. And I don't know. I guess if we're looking at the, the uh, layers of evil, Micah, we're in Micah's mind now, which is... Soccer is worse than Mellow Yellow. We, well, I disagree with that. But um, we might need the disclaimer to come out. No, we'll just poke it into <laughs> Micah's mind. So you think Mellow Yellow is worse than soccer? Well, I, I don't... That wasn't the question I was going to ask. What would you do if you're walking down the street... Um, and you pass somebody who's wearing an Oakland Raiders hat and Oakland Raiders jersey sipping on a mellow yellow. I would know where that person is going in the afterlife. <laughs> where Al Davis is 
directly to hell. Well, mm-hmm. that's uh, that's just my opinion. Would you just wish him well or good luck on your journey for for this current life that you're living? It's the best that you're ever going to have. Uh, I, I guess well, probably miserable people. Yeah, Micah, is, hang on. Do we need to play my disclaimer? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think people know your passion for <laughs> uh, Mountain Dew and. Um, the Broncos that they can pick up very easily on uh, on on what those passions are, and I want to play my disclaimer. Well, we probably need to every time the we have Nick Snacks. Like Kilpatrick are not necessarily the opinions of radio station KFKA, its staff, management, guests, or any other sane human being. Micah Kilpatrick is a one of a kind weirdo, and we apologize for him. However, he is correct in saying, "Go Broncos." I like how the disclaimer agrees with me. <laughs> the, yep, it helps when you are have the control beyond uh, the beyond the disclaimer. Well, let's pivot over to Brady. Um, Brady approached me earlier on this summer. He and his mom at, at a trivia event at four seventy seven, where um, Brady was not consuming adult beverages. No. They make a wonderful mocktail. Um, but before we break. Um, to uh, to our break in a commercial in a couple of minutes just to get started, um, Brady, what sparked your interest in this uh, this future leaders uh, business leaders of America conference? Um, so, initial well, what sparked my interest in the conference itself is just um, I've been doing FBLA since I was a freshman and competing in the events and going to everything is really fun. Also, this was my first chance to because of COVID and stuff. This was the first in-person national conference they've had in, I think, three years. And so this was my first real chance to go to an in-person national conference. And so I worked really hard to be able to be invited to that. Hmm. That's a kind of, and yeah, I forgot about that, that big COVID thing that really impacted students. Um, you know, well, just before we go to break, what are three words you would use to summarize your experience in Chicago? Um, first of first and foremost, educational. Secondly, uh, fun, and third, that's a great question. Uh, expensive. Ah, yes. <laughs> yes uh, if if I were you, I would have said boring, not Colorado. Uh, I don't know. Chicago's pretty fun. Now, did you try some good deep dish Chicago style yeah, pizza while you were there? We did. We went to a really good restaurant. It was, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. I don't know if the rest of the people in my group did, but it was really good. Oh my gosh, I could talk. I'm I'm hungry now. This is dangerous. <laughs> I got a full day ahead uh, still. Well, stay tuned for more Nick Snacks. We'll hear what Brady's experience was like as a future business leader of America, his time in Chicago, and then my musings on my visit to Skywalker Vineyards this past week. Stay tuned for more Nick Snacks. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Nick's Snacks on 103.1, 1310 KFKA, or wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a like on Spotify. would love to see more followers there. And continue giving us clicks, 1310kfka.com, and see all the great things that are happening on uh, and throughout the station. Actually, Scott Magerflesh, who's the co-host, one of the three of us from The Nerd Show, uh, last night hosted his first live show um, as the new host of Brew Talk Radio. So that program is 
back on KFKA. So it's great to have these, you know, well, I think they're fun. They're entertaining. They're, you know, just talk shows. Um, if people learn a little bit, maybe people laugh a little bit, um, get excited about stuff in the nerd world. Uh, but great things happening throughout the week uh, on KFKA. So, uh, Brady, let's go. We have, um, you know, you, you approached me. You were really excited, I remember, earlier this summer about this opportunity. Um, and, you know, one of the big, the big things you had to accomplish was, was I think, my third favorite F word, which is funding, okay. um, which is always a challenge for really anything you want to do in your life. I mean, it could be from traveling to, you know, uh, educational programs or conferences or that new TV that you might want. You know, funding is always the question of how you're going to pay for it. Um, so, you know, I appreciated getting asked and it was like, oh, this is exciting. There are so many ways, and I, I know I, uh, you guys did that because I have little connections everywhere in the community mm -hmm. and was excited to get you in front of Rotary Clubs or Kiwanis Clubs that love to give scholarships and opportunities for students um, and, you know, and opportunities like this. I mean, this just remarkable. The availability of what's out there now opposed to when I was in high school, you know, where you maybe could select two or three AP courses. Now they're just everywhere Mm -hmm. A lot of students can graduate with an associate's degree um, right when they finish high school or pretty close to it. So I'm just so excited for you to have this opportunity. Um, but before we learn more about your experiences there, you have some uh, names you'd like to thank for uh, for their sponsorship. So I'll give you the hand over the mic to you to give some gratitude. Yeah, so obviously a trip to Chicago is going to be expensive. And so what we did as a group is most of our fundraising was done. We all got together and in person went into businesses and asked and explained what we were doing and asked if they would donate. And I've asked my FBLA advisor to print out a list of some of the people who really helped us be able to go to Chicago. So first of all was the Youth Help Foundation in Seattle. They gave every one of us a pretty big scholarship, and that was a large part of the funding that went into it. TBK Bank, also in LaSalle, helped us. Um, ooh, La Hostica Platteville uh, gave us a good amount of money. Is that a restaurant? Um, you know, it doesn't say on my list. I'm going to look that up because La Hostica be. is a really cool word. It very well La might be. La Hostica in, Platt in Platteville. Platteville. Let's see what – I probably butchered this spelling. It's there right here. is literally only one Google thing uh, that, that popped up from La Haustica. I did spell it wrong, though, but only by one letter. I'm guessing it's a grocery store. La Haustica is – It might be a grocery store. Well, Micah, did you cheat and beat me to it? Yes. <laughs> well, neat. All right, well, it's a grocery store. And then the last one on my list is Coyota Greenhouse in Fort Lupton. Um, these are just the four people that helped out the most. We got a ton more donations, um, but these were the biggest ones. And so the big thank you goes out to these companies that supported us on our way to Chicago. That's so incredible to see that local support to help students uh, kind of branch out and into a, a big city. Uh, so what was it like? I'm sure you flew there, huh? Yeah, we Gosh. flew there. We took... Um, Your arms must have been tired, huh? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a pretty tiring flight, actually. I bet, yep. See, some people laugh at my jokes. <laughs> yeah, um, we flew there. It was about a two-hour flight, so not bad. We landed in Midway Airport. The first day um, it, we got there, 
a day before the conference started, and that day was a lot of exploring around the city. We did a. Did you go to the Bean? Yeah, that wasn't the first day, but we did go to the Bean, and I got a bunch of Bean souvenirs, which I really like. Nice, nice. <laughs> um, we did a boat tour of the Chicago River, and that one they talked a lot about architecture and stuff, and that was really cool to learn about the different the stories behind the buildings and the different artistic stylings and that sort of thing.、Um, I think my favorite thing we did was we went on a gangster and ghost tour,、Ooh. which was the only time we were out at night because our advisor was very scared about us being out in Chicago at night.、Um, that was really fun. I think that was by far the most educational thing. Um, and throughout that tour, I kept thinking because one of the teachers at my school, his name is Luke Leffler. He is obsessed with Al Capone and has been his entire life. And so, the whole time I was on that tour, I just kept writing stuff down so I could go and say, "I learned this and this and this in Chicago." And there was some stuff I knew that he didn't even know. Nice. Like,、um, did you know Al Capone was partially responsible for the invention of a parking garage? I I don't know if that's the start of a joke or a fact. No, it's true. Okay. The first ever parking garage was in Chicago,、huh. and it was be built because、um, Al Capone's place was at the top of this skyscraper, but the ground floor of the skyscraper was a jewelry. It、uh, was、uh, it was called the Jeweler Building because it was. The offices of a bunch of jewelers,、huh. and so they would be walking in and out with cases of either hundred dollar bills or diamonds, and the gangsters, of course, knew this. And so their way of combating the gangsters attacking them on their way in and out of work was they made their parking spaces inside the building. Interesting. Hmm. The more you know.、Mm-hmm. Well, we could use some Al Capone in downtown Greeley to get a parking structure. <laughs> I will. Talk until I'm blue in the face. I know the city disagrees with me,、um, but there there is a lot of parking in downtown Greeley. But downtown Greeley is also like 65 blocks, so there might be ample parking, but not necessarily where they need it most. But I will get off my high horse there. <laughs>、um, what were some of the, like、uh, just some takeaway moments from the actual leadership like conference? You know, any keynote speakers that you had, or any you know well, the the challenging thing about going to an, an event like this is you're overloaded and overwhelmed with information.、Um, So to try to apply it in real life is just daunting for a lot of people. So they try to say, "Hey, focus on two or three things and take away from that conference, and and really utilize that." So I guess what are what are a few Brady that you had、um, from the、uh, F FMBLA FBLA FBLA. So yeah,、um, so what I was invited to the conference for part of what I was invited to the conference for was helping vote for the new、um, national officers, which are the student leaders, and that was a really great experience because it was.、Um, Similar to a scaled down election, there were election booths where we could go and physically talk to the candidates. There was a Q and A session where we could go and ask the candidates various things, and it was a great experience just、um, learning、uh, learning about them and learning about. Our organization, but then also getting the experience of like talking to people I may or may not be voting for the and stuff like that. That's incredible. Any、um, well、uh, speakers? Do you have like breakfast and lunch and keynote folks there? So we did have a keynote speaker. I'm not going to be re- be able to remember what his name was. He was at one point on Shark Tank.、Uh, 
I can't remember what his company name was. Do you remember what he invented? No, I don't. I, I, I like and also dislike Shark Tank. It's like, wow, how does this not exist already? Opposed to, wow, this does exist. It's super cool. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, how many students in total uh, were representatives there? So it was about a... Th- there were about 13,000 people at the conference. Wow. And so it was kind of fun. I mean, we had... For the big um, meetings at the beginning and the end, they had to have a room that could fit 13,000 people. And so that was really interesting, trying to find our seats the first day and being able to just see the sheer size of our organization. Wow, that is truly remarkable. Where did you end up staying? Uh, sorry, one more time. Where did you end up staying down there? Um, oh, we stayed at the hotel was at the convention center we were at. I'm not going to be rem- be able to remember the name. It was it was a while ago. That's all right. At least you had a, it sounds like an incredible experience. Um, 13,000 future business leaders of America. That's just remarkable coming under one roof. Brady, it's so awesome that you had that opportunity. Um, we still have more Nick Snacks coming at you, so stay tuned for more. To Nick's Knacks, 1310 KFKA or 103.1. Shout out to Micah Kilpatrick behind the glass, our producer extraordinaire, killing it on the tune skis today for the bumper music. Uh, I'm certainly grooving a little bit there. Uh, we just heard from Brady Sassy, who had the opportunity uh, with with some help from some incredible institutions, both local and um, um, national, to get him to the Future Business Leaders of America conference. Um, just congratulations, Brady. Sounds like a wonderful opportunity. Now, do you have a chance to do that again, or was that kind of a one and done? So, I may or may not. It just depends on our competitions this year, how that goes. And also also, depending on how soon I leave after high school since I'm a senior. Oh, gosh. Oh, you are? Yeah. I thought you were a junior. Nope. I'm a senior looking at college in Seattle. Wow. All right. Well, that's, is that because they gave you a scholarship and you like the, the Pacific Northwest, or is there a specific um, program you're looking for? Well, first of all, I'm going to school for culinary. I want to open a restaurant-type business. Um, but the reason I want to go to Seattle is I um, visited there a few years ago, and ever since then, I've just always thought, like, that's where I want to end up, is Seattle. It's I could definitely see myself living there. Nice. That's a pretty cool, uh, a, a pretty cool just area. Uh, coffee is... I've only been to Seattle once, and that was actually a life-changing experience for me um, with... Uh, with you know the um, uh, and a small college intercollegiate honor band, but it was a really cool place. It was unfortunately a place I didn't get to explore much. So the Pacific Northwest, I'd love to do a trip to to, to Oregon, especially to see some of the locations where the Goonies was filmed, <laughs> um, and also you know getting up to Seattle again as uh, as well. But you know for me, you know I've lived in Colorado for so long. Um, even when I'm back in Indiana for the holidays or just for a trip and it's a little rainy, um, I get just discouraged and sad and kind of bummed out. So 
like I, I need the 300 days of sunshine. I could do without <laughs> the bitter cold in the winter, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, well, it's exciting to, to have you on the show, Brady, and to see you at Trivia's. We're going to miss you when you go off to college, but uh, <laughs> it sounds like there's some cool things up your sleeve mm-hmm. uh, moving on. Well, I uh, we spoke a little bit on the Nerd Show earlier with Scott and with Micah, kind of sharing our experiences last week at Skywalker Ranch, which is George Lucas's uh, ranch that he had purchased in the 80s um, and subsequently uh, vineyards. Um, actually, I think it was 1978 he bought that land. Um, and it was kind of funny. Uh, a fun fact I had given um, on the on the Nerd Show and at Trivia last week was uh, the, the one person – well, I guess there was two. Alec Guinness didn't go either. Uh, the, the only person who did not go to the, the – release of Star Wars, the premiere, was George Lucas. He thought it was going to be a flop. Um, he had made an, a deal, an arrangement with Steven Spielberg. They, hey, I'll give you a percentage of Star Wars if you give me a percentage of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. So jokes on on Steven, well, George Lucas, is Steven Spielberg is still um, raking, raking in some of those dollars from Star Wars. Um, but it was during that time where George and Steve, I might call him Steve, we go way back, uh, George and Steven Spielberg were uh, creating and talking about Indiana Jones. I think they were on vacation in Hawaii. And, uh, and then you see the, the success that Star Wars had revolutionizing so very much in the, in the movie industry. Uh, but he bought a, a, a ranch um, and subsequently a vineyard. And he now has three vineyards, one in, uh, of course, California, two, uh, one in France, and one in Italy. Um, but what I was so fascinated about, uh, you know, I'm not much of a wine drinker. Um, I do like, you know, a, a, I'll just say basic, a red blend. I'm a good red blend person. You know, I used to like Malbecs. I liked uh, Cabs. Um, but when you're blending all those all those grapes together, it just seems to be the most drinkable for me. And I've never gone into the to the science much behind it. And this is, again, in, in Marin um, County, which uh, the reason he built there was because of the microclimate there. One thing I was so fascinating about San Francisco and that region is it's 60 degrees in San Francisco. It's cloudy. It's foggy. It's cold. It's windy because of all that 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 um, moisture and those elements coming in from the bay. You go across the San Francisco or the Golden Gate Bridge. Um, you know, you just go five miles up into the to the rolling hills, and it's 20 degrees warmer. You know, just beautiful, you know, between 75 and 85 every day, mild temperatures at night. And then you go even further up, another 15 miles, and it's in the 90s, the mid to high 90s. And, oh, my gosh, it was just so neat to see all those different microclimates in such a small area. Mm -hmm. But it's a reason that George has been so successful with his wine. I'm going to try to get the marketing person who gave us the wine tour on Nick Snacks to do an interview because he's, you know, it's not just wine for nerds, you know, who are going to buy this wine. Oh, I love Star Wars, so I have to have Skywalker wine. No, it's a really high end, really delicious wine. And what they do a bit differently there, um, especially in their private events and, you know, the dignitaries that they host. Um, and we're actually like part of that cool club. We didn't get to meet anyone. It was just the six of us because it's not open to the public. None of this is open to the public. Um, but I would encourage you skywalkervineyards.com to uh, join their wine club as I'm going to do. Um, I need to get them to sponsor Nick Snacks. That could be pretty cool. Um, but we were having having lunch. And we had a little appetizers. Um, I, let me read off what it was that we had because um, it was something that I'd never make for myself and never be able to eat um, just because it was so dang tasty. I'm going to find a little picture of that. We had uh, Bellwether Farms Ricotta Fagatini, Black Truffles, Brentwood Corn, Smoked Duck with uh, – I don't know, something else. Um, but they told us, all right, well, take a sip of the Chardonnay. Now throw it away. Well, we didn't throw it away. We drank it. You know, that's what you're supposed to do. 
And uh, he says, now, now take a piece of that little that pasta, that, that, uh, that fagatini is what it's called, and a piece of the duck. And then eat that and then take another sip of the Chardonnay. And you're going to taste pineapple and banana in your throat on the, on the way down after. And it's like, oh, my gosh, I took a sip after, after eating that. And they're absolutely right. I tasted those that I didn't, the flavors that I didn't taste before. And, they say, you know, what a lot of folks do is they pair wines with a meal. Oh, I'm going to pair this with salmon, pair this with a steak, this with that. Uh, but at Skywalker Vineyards, they pair the food with the wine. And they tap into all those different chemicals uh, and the fats and uh, those different flavors that are coming out to pair best and bring out enhanced or even different flavors from the wine. It was absolutely mind-blowing, and it it gave me a better appreciation for what I was actually drinking throughout the day. And then uh, the Pinot Noir was what we wrapped up our main meal with. Um, I'm not a Pinot drinker, but I am now. That was such good, such a good wine, so smooth, better than any red blend I've had or any any, um, cab or Malbec. Just fascinating. And what they're creating over there is just incredible. And it's a state wine, too. So everything is grown and smashed and aged all on that property. Um, So, again, I love wine so much more now after that experience. And even George Lucas for being such a visionary that he could write a blank check to any project he ever wanted to exist. If he wants a winery, he can have whatever winery he wants. If he wants to open a brewery, he can open a brewery. But he's, he's doing that, but challenging his staff to make an incredible product. You know, he doesn't need to make money. He still wants it to pay for itself and become self-sustaining. So it's something that lives longer than he will. I mean, he's 78 years old um, and has created some of the most incredible wine I've ever tasted. But, wow, it was such a cool experience. You know, they've got a rosé, which is delectable. And I'm not a rosé drinker by any means. Um, the Chardonnay, which was fantastic, delicious, and buttery. Um, you've got the Skywalker Pinot Noir, which has also got kind of the cool coolest um, labels that I've seen, and that's that's a pretty pretty nice bottle of wine, um, aged for 14 months. They have sparkling wine, and then they have uh, a lot from overseas that they ship in, um, but they can't be shipped to every state. But Colorado is actually one of them for those grapes that they can't grow in Marin County uh, near San Francisco. So it was such a cool experience. Um, I would go back in a heartbeat knowing that this opportunity was truly a once-in-a-lifetime and will forever be grateful for Scott for uh, for allowing us to tag along. But, uh, Brady, when you're 21, hopefully still loving Star Wars at that time, and uh, you know we'll have to open up a bottle over some Star Wars trivia. That could be the, the giveaway that night for when you're back uh, halfway through your schooling. But yeah. Thanks for tuning in to Nick Snacks. Shout-out to Micah behind the glass. We had Brady Sassy here talking about his experiences as a future business leader of America. And, of course, Nick with Nick Snacks. Stay tuned for an all-new episode next week, 1310 KFKA. And that's our cutoff.